This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast where we talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno. With me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solano McDaniel, first QN student at Aikido of Fresno. There we go. Did it. We're back. Did it. Did it. For another week. Do we know what episode this is? 111, I believe. Man, oh. we're killing it. Killing it. <laughs> just, just keep making these things. I know. I know. Can't stop coming. us. Every week just Can't keeps coming. Can't stop us. <laughs> so uh, uh, I think I feel like we had a good, uh, pretty good episode. Uh, last week we had uh, some discussion afterwards with, um, oh, who was it again that we had that discussion with uh, on uh, over the messages? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, well, like, I mean, there anybody? were a few people. So, yeah. uh, oh, there were a few. Yeah, I only saw yeah, the one. Yeah, no, there. Yeah, there were a few uh, that went back and forth. Um, yeah. Anyway, a couple so, of our listeners. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, listener. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, if you messaged us about that, thank you. Uh, um, you know, uh, Josh, that book that you mentioned last week, you didn't actually oh. say what the title was, so I, I felt like, like I, I didn't interject anything. Nah, I know it was the Power of Internal there. Martial Arts by B.K. Francis, and then also uh, he had recently read. Um, the, the Principles of Effortless Power yeah. by Peter Ralston. And I would say one of those books uh, I would recommend over the other. Oh, and which one would that be? Yeah, you just got to try it out for yourself. Figure it out. <laughs> what the? You're so... No, I, I think the Ralston like, book mysterious. Is, 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 is better than... The um, Ralston one? Yeah. Okay. It depends. Uh, I mean, if you're, you're more into so, stories. No, that's and... exactly... So I feel like um, if you... If you're really into... like knowing about internal martial arts and having it kind of spelled out for you um then uh what is it, is it friend francis? francis bk francis, francis. Yeah. uh i feel like that book is is good be ready to have a lot of information that you you may not necessarily need you know all of the lineage of teachers all the way down through the um so there's a lot of that stuff but um as an overview i think it's it's probably um, you know, fairly good in setting up like what the thing is. So. There's a section on Aikido stuff, which is good. Yeah, if you like that book, yeah. I would read uh, Path Notes of an American Ninja Master by Glenn Morris. That oh, to man. me, those two books are <clears throat> okay. very similar. So, I think I have read that book. In like, I I read that once upon a time. I think you lent it to me. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, but I it may be the next on on my list. So. Anyways, a lot of good All books right. out there about martial arts. Yeah. But we're not talking about that No, today. we're not. I just, but it was good that we mentioned that because people Yeah, that's had, good had to follow up on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Today we will be talking about multiple attackers. Oh, that was attackers. Yeah. Um, in post, put like a like a cool echo kind of thing multiple on my Multiple attackers. Multiple attackers, 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 attackers. I don't know if I know how to do that. My yeah. brother. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Sakura. Sakura. My, my brother. brother. We haven't said that in a while. <laughs> no, yeah, it's so <laughs> good. I'm glad that's that so we good. <laughs> I like that we've been doing this for long enough now that we've got a couple like little it's, running yeah, things. Yeah, running, running, running. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you can tell like if people have been listening since the beginning, like if they mention us, you know, making chewing noises into the microphones or going yeah, to We're still doing that shit. I though. mean, you know, <laughs> I try and tell them not to do it, but they still do it. And so, you know. Make comments. I know. I hate it. <laughs> oh, you mean us, not them. So <laughs> no, multi- I mean you guys yeah, eating yeah, yeah, into yeah. the microphone. Multiple tackers uh, and... And, how, and multiple attackers. How Aikido kind of looks to deal with it and 
Yeah. I think this is a good one because this is one of those things, I and these are topics I like to hit on, that, like, um, it's so universal. So, like, if you know anything, think anything about, there's probably, you have probably heard, like, oh, yeah, it's good for multiple attackers. You've probably seen the videos of the old guy getting attacked by eight dudes with swords. And by the and old guy, somehow you mean pops you up. Yeah. He somehow <laughs> pops up on the other side. It's really awesome, yeah. you know. Um, so it is one of those things that's totally ingrained into Aikido. Oh, yeah. Like, it's iconic. It is, it's yeah. Aikido yeah. iconic. You know, it is. And, and that's not thing. happenstance or anything. That's definitely from Yoshiba, right? Like, yeah. I mean, so oh, yeah, yeah, his yeah. second rule of, of uh, Aikido was that uh, you, you can't just expect to deal with the person in front of you, but someone behind you and to your left and right. I'm paraphrasing. But, but I mean, he from the very beginning, Aikido is clearly a martial art designed to deal with multiple attackers. He said in interviews... Um, you know, uh, other martial arts only offered one-to-one solutions. That wasn't enough for me. So I wanted a martial art that you could deal with multiple people. Can I ask a question before we get too deep into Aikido, actually? Because sometimes I like thinking about it like outside in, you know? Yeah. Like thinking about the world of martial arts and then specifically Aikido and getting more into that. Um, so are there any other martial arts that that specifically are known for, for dealing with Bagua. multiple people? Sure. Yeah, Bagua is, Bagua yeah. is a martial art. That I only know that uh, because I <laughs> uh, definitely emphasize. That's more than I knew. But no, and and that was one of the things he was. And and the way it's interesting because the way that is talked about in that book, at least, uh, is sounds very similar to Aikido. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there, there. You know. So it really depends on what you're calling a typical martial art. You know. So right. Um, uh, martial arts that grew up around military culture strongly and never really built like a component of sports stuff um they are much more emphasized on multiple attackers you know so like what happens, you look at yeah. old saber systems or something there's definitely a thought towards you know like how you'd use a moulinet like a circular cut to to fend off multiple attackers and how you would choose different lines so so definitely through historic european martial arts especially when you're more away from the dueling and focusing more on the military aspects you are going to see skirmishing. Is that what stuff. they say? Is that what they call uh, it? Yeah. Well, yeah. So skirmishing just means like any kind of little attack that's done that's not a front. So you know, like you know, we're going to have a, a battle at the, on this field this day. Anything that breaks that is considered a skirmish, right? I just run in with you know thirty troops and we fuck up ah, your, your supply right. lines yeah, yeah, yeah. and run out. That's a skirmish. You know, it's right. something that comes in and goes out. So, so there's like a, definitely like a little like a, a parallel you can see between martial arts that tend to have some or more uh, martial uh, multiple attackers stuff tends to be tied to war or other like militaristic related things. Yeah. martial artists build systems around the kinds of shit they see, right? And they need you know so mm-hmm. like if if you have only ever seen a ring. Then you're like, well, yeah, no one. Yeah. So, and, and this is something you hear a lot, which is no one can fight multiple attackers, right? right. Um, and, and and then you hear like, you know, you read Masashi, right? So Miyamoto Masashi, he has a, a big section devoted to how you handle multiple attackers right. and talking about how like fight them in rice fields mm-hmm. and shit where they can't all get to you at once. Right, right. Or, you know, you look at the Battle of Thermopylae, right? So that whole idea was how do we concentrate a giant force into a small area so we can handle them you know like there's lots of strategies that have built been built through time but it just depends on who built the system that we're talking about and what their objectives were so there's like a long history of sure absolutely a long history martial arts addressing systems addressing multiple multiple attacker situations because that's typically what you would see before it became a 
I mean, and I'm sure there was always like that kind of one-on-one gladiator, like sure whatever. dueling. We call it. I mean, historically, um, dueling. so there's always dueling. But anything that wasn't dueling right. was going to be multiple. Right. And I think this is. And important. now we're just so that we right. we can't see anything other than dueling. Right. Well, and that's why problem. I wanted to start out in that kind of with that question because I think we all see things so we're so dual dualistically minded right now because right. we live in a pretty peaceful society. At least here in the U.S., we do. And so most of the, the fights, quote unquote, that we see are represented, you know, 1v1, you know, on TV or, you mono know. Mono-y mono Right, exactly. Right. I mean, and I think it's important to understand that, like, dueling really just exists for, like, breeding and status. That's all it exists for. Like, you know, mm-hmm. in the animal kingdom and the humans, you know, we're all one big kingdom. But, but you know, like, that's what it's for. It's to say, like, I am the leader of this tribe and everyone has to listen to me and I'll prove against whoever you think the second best is or whoever you guys think the best is, I'll prove that I'm the toughest. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I want to breed with that person, and so I'm going to beat up all the other suitors so I can breed with that person, you know? And, like, that's what it's for. And I mean, that sounds real clinical and weird, but that that is what dueling is about. Dominance. Yeah, it's about dominance. And it's still what it's about today, right? So, like, young dudes want to duel to prove to chicks that they're studly. And uh, young dudes want to duel with other dudes to prove to the other dudes that they're the yeah whatever yeah I'm, so yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm genderizing Gender, unnecessarily yeah, yeah. but but you get the idea you know it's yeah. like it's just about status that's what it's about. So there was something you said when we were kind of pre-gaming this yesterday and talking about some things and you said this and and it's very interesting. Uh, you said uh, I don't think you could fight eight people. Yeah. And yet, uh, in Aikido, so I think that's a good kind of point to make, um, in that when we're talking about dealing with multiple attackers, we can't be talking about fighting. Yeah. Because, you can't fight two people. You right. can't fight two people. Okay. No, I mean, you right, know, right. like... I'm yeah. not saying you, Josh Teehee. I'm just right. saying. Well, no. I mean, I can't. <laughs> one you can't fight. Right. Josh right. Teehee is called out yeah. right now. You cannot you fight Teehee. Now, Maya and I, we'll be taking <laughs> fools down. But you, sir. No, nobody. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, And and it's, it's again, we have to make this distinction about when we start to use the word fight. Fight means you're going into a struggle. You are struggling with someone. You can't struggle, struggle with, with a, two yeah. humans. Yeah, this two, is too yeah, much. Yeah. And so, like, they're stronger than you. They have more um, options than you. They have more timing than you. They have more everything than you. So much more that, like, I mean, maybe if you were some, I, I really doubt even some beastly creature, badass warrior could really fight two determined right. people. And so, you know, there are videos of this on online. You can see videos uh, of someone. Generally, they're not fights, meaning that, like, no one's in it to really push the right, other right. side, right? Sure, so sure. you get one tenacious person, like so. You know, in the in the videos you see where like someone beats up, you know, Four six guys, guys or whatever, whatever right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically, what happens is he hits them once, and each one they decide after one hit they no, don't thank they you. don't want to be in a fight anymore. Right? They're like, yeah, and, and that's okay. What well, and they also do the the sort of thing in a in a lot of these where it's like you post up against him, he hits you. I post up against him, he hits me. Right. Maya posts up again, you know. Right. It's one, which is, one right. versus right. one versus one versus right. one. Right. Not one versus eight. Which, right. yeah, which is different if I really wanted, if we really wanted to bring that guy down, what would we do is while he's dealing with you, the two of us would get on top of him and then it would be, it would be over. Right. Right. Well, he might. I mean, be, yeah, if, if, yeah. if two people are team working together at all, 
it makes it really difficult for one person to handle two people. Yes. I mean, you know, militaristically, there's there's rules about how many you can engage and to do what action. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, if you're, a, you know, tiny, there's like five of you, uh, and there's one person, um, you can engage that one person. If there's two people, you shouldn't try to engage them. If there are three, you should try to avoid them all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like you can figure it out numerically, like, what your options are. And, and it's because... There's just so much afforded by more people, you know, and, and it gets hard to deal with a lot of people. So then let's talk about how Aikido chooses to deal with multiple attackers because I, I think it does. And I think we, we've seen it, you know, I mean, like it's I a said, staple of our system. Well, and, the, and there is the, the video of the, the dudes all swinging sticks at uh, O-sensei. I mean, there's and, tons of videos you know, of him doing that. He's um, often dealing with And uh, he manages to do some stuff that, like, really is kind of magical. Um, but it's probably different than what some people perceive as happening also, though. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't... I, don't, I mean... So we I've never seen what, any. What I've never seen any video of him actually uh, fighting multiple dudes. I've seen him doing demos of him showing techniques for multiple dudes. Sure. So we know that that is an important consideration for him in the system. Um, how well he would actually do against multiple? I don't know. You know, there's tons of stories and stuff. But but that's all beside the point. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It, honestly, if Yuishiba was horrible at dealing with multiple people, it would not matter um, because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how practical is it, and if so. How would you do that, right? So, like, how would you go about doing right. it? So, I, how would we go? Well, I think one doing. of the things you have to think about, and we've kind of talked about this already, is is not fighting, having to, to divorce your mind from the idea of fighting anyone. And I think that includes, when we're thinking about Aikido, not doing techniques specifically against multiple people. Not to say that you that there may not be techniques that arise in a situation with one person versus multiple people, but that... Your mind cannot be geared towards, I'm going to do shionage to this person. Or, you know, oh, now I now I got to do kokunage. Or now I got to, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. being technique-oriented is not how that happens. Right. And I think that that is how we tend to see right now, at least, in demonstrations and such, which obviously demonstrations are not the be-all, end-all. But that is a representation of what we think is going on, or at least what the community thinks right now. And what you see is people showing techniques with multiple attackers and 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 that's what they think dealing with multiple attackers is and that i think that is an issue because being geared towards that will weigh you down what will hold you back from actually being mobile and doing what you need to do to handle successfully and what people and what tends to happen in those situations you know where you're looking at where it's like a geowaz or something um is the multiple attackers in order to um they sort of cheat the system a little bit so in order to make it work they're not really attacking in the way that they they would attack right so if i see that you are dealing with him my attack maybe comes off a little slower so that I am not at you until you are done with that person, and then I might be at you. And so it might look like it's non-sequential, but it actually is, right? Because we're yeah. doing a cooperative 
practice, right? There are very, very few Aikido videos you will see of demonstrations of multiple attackers where they are not doing sequential attacks. Yeah. Now, that's not how the system prescribes to deal with it. It's just what tends to happen. Right. It's just like, you know, there are very few videos of uh, Aikido demonstrations where someone takes a full speed, full force sword swing. Right, right, right. I mean, you just very seldomly right. see that because the uke cares about the other person, and so they're scared that the nage won't pull it off, and so they, they, they restrain themselves, you know? I mean, truthfully, in my head, I, I've done this too many times, and I, I, I try to get on myself about it, but... There is a little bit of thing in my head when I'm doing multiple attackers and I'm one of the attackers that like there is something that like kind of like holds me back a little bit from unless I'm really getting on myself about being truthful about that attack. I found myself, you know, being a little sequential, you know, slowing down ever so slightly so it comes off a certain way. And, and it's not what I should be doing, right. but it happens. So so I think I think the first thing, like, if, if you want to explore this, your dojo wants to explore this, you want to explore this, or we want to think about it rationally, the first thing you need to do is say, uh, let's try what we think Aikido is uh, with people attacking us. You know, two attackers is honestly enough. You don't need, you know, like, I love it when people are like, you know, there were seven attackers. Like, well, if they're attacking sequentially, right, right. Uh, there could be 30 they attackers, be and it right. doesn't matter. Right. Like, but, uh, but you know, so two attackers is enough. You'll quickly see. I mean, this is this is how I learned. Um, get two attackers to attack you, and then really push into their head to not attack you sequentially. So they're really going to come. And what you'll quickly learn, you'll immediately learn, is that you do not have time to do any technique you've planned. Right. I mean, just... You don't like, and so if you do Giawaza, and maybe people go like, "Oh, I don't plan the technique, so I'd be fine." Because when I do Giawaza, we I just do whatever comes up. It's like, yeah, but you don't. Um, what what you do is you have an uke who kind of knows what you're feeding him. You know, meaning like how you set it up. It's like, oh, we're gonna do ski kodagai or whatever technique, right? And and so then they buy you the time, and then the attacker sees the technique, and then they very politely kind of buy you a little more time so you can slowly get the technique right. off. Because we're all familiar with the aesthetic. Of an Aikido Jiyawaza. Right. You know? And I think that's part of my problem sometimes is I still have part of that like like tucked into my brain as like this is what it's kind of supposed to look like. Right. Especially when we do demonstrations. I tend to do that too much because I'm aware of how it's supposed to look. And so I'm too busy thinking about that than instead of just making it actually like being true. You right. know? And I think this is a giant problem for our community because until we stop doing that, uh, we won't realize what we can and cannot do. Yeah, in what's realistic? Situations. Yeah. So what is the what is the what is the process then? Right. Like so, we're saying that it can be done. Uh, we we are saying maybe we don't do it, but it can be done. So what is the process by which that happens? Like, how are you able to make multiple attackers? work uh in your favor i mean so when i learned how to do this uh it's when we were training in the garage all the time and and you know there's this period where my school was in a garage and, and we beat each other against the walls and there was like what like six of you guys yeah, and and, yeah hardcore six yeah, people yeah, yeah that's it we showed up to every class and we all went you know pushed each other yeah. into the yeah yeah and we slammed each other in the walls smashed as often the garage as door yeah and uh what i i did was i just i pounded into everyone's idea that into everyone's head that you don't attack sequentially you guys work together you try to purposefully work together as ukes to get nage like that's your objective and so you can motion to each other you can use head nods you can do whatever you want to do to work nage and so once you do that and, and you know i had students who so so you know e example at this time 
None of my students had been doing Aikido for a super long time. Uh, I was bigger than most of my students at this time. I had just got done doing a bunch of MMA and stuff. Um, I could outgrapple all my students effortlessly. Um, I, I was I was stronger, better, faster, more trained, all that stuff. And I couldn't handle two attackers in the way I thought that Aikido said to do that. You know, I, I couldn't. Right. I could. I would always get caught and always get knocked against the wall. And it would be like Josh and there was another guy, Josh's size, and both like 120, 130 pounds. And it's like those two guys would be enough to knock me over. Yeah, that's 260, but with more timing advantages, more speed, you know, more everything Covering advantages. more area. Right. Yeah. And so even though they're both smaller than me, all one had to do was get my legs that's and the it. other would take out my upper body. And the next thing I do, I'd go down. And, and you know, the rules we set with that were if you went completely to the ground, forget it, you're not going to survive that situation. If you get smashed against the wall, forget it, you're not going to survive that situation. And so it was like, oh, I can't do what right. I think. I can't pull right. off shionages and I can't do stuff now, like that. And, and, you know, if you had gone to the ground like you were saying you might have been able to get one of us off and like you know whatever maybe but once a that's outside of the aikido context sure right so like even let's say you could wrestle both of us somehow and and beat us both uh it's also outside of the context of of sure, Aikido. it's outside yeah. the context of Aikido, and I'll tell you probably why. Because you can't attend, yeah. handle multiple attackers on the ground. I mean, right. you, you just can't. I mean, like you even can if be... you were dominating Josh, for example, exactly the other right. guy is Gets standing up, there kicking you in the head, you. or right. you know whatever. Right. Well, even if we're just grappling, right. so <laughs> I'm dominating Josh, and the other guy gets on my back and starts to choke me. Right. So I defend the choke, which I can get out of. But by the time I get out of the choke with one guy, then the other guy's working another submit. You know, so then just go back and forth, and it's it's just really nuts to deal with. Can some people do it? Sure, but not as a reliable strategy. And what I mean by some people is I it's mean not high percentage. a 260 pound black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu against two, you know, 120 pound white belts in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Could he beat them both? Yeah. I mean, maybe that's totally possible, yeah. right? Because he's got a physical domination and, and he's really skilled. Maybe that's possible. But that's not a, a strategy right, that we right, can all rely right. on. You well, know, like, and also if you put three people. Sure. I mean, that immediately you know, takes care of it. If you put, you with know, numbers, so. you have to understand that you are always, you know, with two, you begin to be outstrengthed, outspeeded, out everything. And so at that point, you no longer can resist anything anymore. It's, it's over. You you don't get to resist stuff anymore. And so, so the idea of fighting, the concept of fighting, which is I'm going to resist, right? So like I'm boxing and I'm going to cover against your hard shots so I can weather them or I have an iron jaw so you can hit me in the jaw and it doesn't matter. That shit's all gone. You right. cannot fight multiple attackers. You have to let that concept go. Right. Which uh, then, circling back, makes sense that Aikido would uh, be perfect for multiple attackers because that's the whole system is not fighting. Well, and it's why it was built that. You know what I mean? So, like, to me, it's perfectly circular and sensible. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's not good for fighting because it's not built to fight because multiple attackers will always dominate you. And then we can can pull out from that that then just one person who's huge also is – we don't fight them right, either, right, right? I think that's anytime a really you're good... out outmatched or right. out. Yeah, right. I think that's a good way to look at it. You know, is to to, to reason it out that way. Uh, also, to to Chris's earlier point that you can train your ukes or all your students to not attack sequentially. <laughs> Josh, having you know been taught by Chris for quite a few years now, is a perfect example of someone that has been trained to not attack sequentially. And whenever I am attacked by him, he doesn't matter what anybody else is, is doing is he is on, you know, and that like, you know, so it is possible. I think there are some people that be like, oh, well, that's just not how we function. No, 
it's definitely possible yeah. and not and, very hard and if you, to if train you realistically want to yeah. look at multiple attackers that's what mm -hmm. you have to do and you can change speed attack types you can do all that but just teach your students that they never attack sequentially right. there's there's just no need for it otherwise you're not doing multiple attackers sequential attacks are not multiple attackers right. you know and there's all sorts of really awesome things that you can actually look for when you're doing that too you know so a lot of times you know it's not just about like I'm going to attack full force argh, the whole way and just keep doing that, keep doing that, and that's what everyone's doing. You know, a lot of times I'll just chill out and wait in the back, that's but right. I will wait for that moment when um, the Nage is 100% focused on the other person. That's when my attack right. begins, right? right? Um, You're having constantly Zanshin, yes, always paying like attention. Like always paying attention, and I'm always, like as an attacker, looking for that moment where they're not paying attention to me. That's when I'm going right, to attack, right? right? And that's when you begin to see, like, um, whether or not the, these things kind of can find. Like, that's where I think the, the, the training comes in, right, right? right? I'm training that other person to realize, like, oh, there's someone, there's someone always behind me. I need to be paying attention to that area as well, you know? And if I focus in on one person, technique, I'm done. Like, you know, I that person behind me or to my side, left or right, is gone. Right. And then I have a blind spot and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get caught, you know. And I think maybe that's the first thing if you're, you know, starting to try and expand your concept of dealing with multiple attackers is to start people off start the UKs off one, attacking, you know, not sequentially, and then on the opposite end, making sure that you understand that uh, stay staying aware of everyone who's on the playing field you know constantly just being like just that right there will start you off because it's easy to just get that tunnel vision you know and being aware of whoever is around you constantly is a huge huge advantage and that what you need if you're dealing with multiple attackers right. when i think that uh to me dealing with multiple attackers all comes down to like tano hanko and footwork and and moving like if you are not mobile at any moment you are you're behind you know so you just have to move 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 yes. move 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 if they catch you you're moving you're clearing but you're moving if you're doing a technique that technique is happening in motion that's right yes as you're you know you're never stopping to apply a technique the technique's happening in motion as you're moving away from the next attacker or putting you know the person uh, in front of the next attacker or whatever you're doing, right? As so soon I as think, you stop, you're a sitting duck. But and and it's important to understand all those techniques are opportunistic. They're not. They're not a, a set strategy. Right, uh, right. You you cannot plan. And the reason for this is because of the power dynamic. Meaning they've got so much more than you. You can't plan. Oh, I'm going to go to this guy, put him in Sankyo, and then use him as a shield for the other guy. Right. Now that might happen, but it has to happen opportunistically, where the perfect timing arises and the hands in the right position, and you just snag it and you get it, and and that buys you a second if you're lucky. And and by second, I mean like because tenths of seconds right. are, very, are important. very important. And so like if it buys you a second, that's great, you know. And so so. You know, when I started figuring this out, I realized, and you know, I came from a school where we did lots of Geowaza, lots and lots and lots of Geowaza. And so I thought I knew how to deal with multiple attackers until I forced my students to start attacking non-sequentially. Then I started, and we made videos, and I'd watch the videos of me doing this all the time and, and be like, man, you know, like, it, for a while I kind of had this idea that like, I guess this is just not right, possible, right. right? So the first thing that came to my mind was I needed some kind of power equalizer. And so really a weapon is something you really need when you're dealing with multiple attackers. 
Because you're at an inherent disadvantage, you right. versus multiple right. people. And, 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 and I will say that as your ability increases, there may be uh, – I'm, I'm going to outline a strategy in a little bit that maybe you could use without a weapon. But the truth is having a weapon, weapon is, is hugely right, – right. Advantageous. Yeah, yeah, right. and 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 not. I I didn't want to use the word advantageous because it's like, well, you're still not in an advantage. Right. You're just but, not as right. badly right. disadvantaged, you know. Right. And the reason for that is because the weapon buys you two really important things. One is distance. That's super right. important in multiple attackers, so it makes your timings easier. Uh, and then two is it affords you power, right. and that power will drive people off, even if you don't hit them. Like, I mean, I'm not saying you should ever try not to hit them, but even if they stay out of range so that you can't hit them. Because they know that makes power, they will right. stay back right. or they will attack much less committed or fully committed. Right. That... So we see this all the time when a lot of times we'll train and we have a pool noodle, right, that we use as a as the weapon. It's... So nobody gets hurt. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a pool noodle, right? So n- no one gets hurt. Not a I... full-size one, just like no, a, you like know, a, like a yeah, cut, it's about cut a, to a, a sixth of a pool yeah, noodle or something. Right. It's cut to the size of a club or whatever. But yeah. and, and, and we use it so no one gets hurt. We also use it so that the person who's wielding it can wield it uh, as – has no problem wielding it as strongly as possible, right. right? So I can make a full swing as hard as possible with a pool noodle, smash my in the face. She's going to be fine. Right. Yeah. Now, that doesn't hurt. Knowing that that thing is coming at their face, it instantly changes the power dynamic. Yes. And people who do stupid, uh, I would say a stupid attack, which, it, well, it's a smart attack if the other person doesn't have a weapon, where um, I slowly creep into distance so that, like, um, you cannot uh, blend with me in any reasonable way because we're out of a distance to do that. But I'm getting close enough that uh, at a certain point I'll be able to attack uh, it, without you being able to have reaction time, right? Right. So just creeping in, creeping yeah, just kind of creeping in, yeah. in um, which you can do. Now, the minute you add a weapon to that, and as soon as I get into the distance that I can be hit, they start swinging that weapon. I'm no longer hanging out in that area. That's right. Which means the the person with the weapon now, or uh, I, I'm no longer hanging out in the area. So either I'm hanging back farther which is fine because they don't have to deal with me. Or like you said, I'm committing 100% to that attack, um, and that gives them something to blend with. Right. And, uh, you know, anyone who's done Aikido, if you think about this for a second, uh, think of Giyawaza, where you've had trouble, and um, ask why you had trouble. And I bet everyone's had multiple experiences where they had trouble because the uke hung out. Right? So, like, look, you're moving fast, doing fast Giyawaza, and you get a couple ukes who are – timid or weird or whatever or they're trying to get you or whatever and they just they have a really slow non-committed attack right, and just... and so you're sitting there waiting like right. well i've got to let them attack so i can do a code of gosh right. right and so either you just hang out there like okay come on right. I'm, I'm waiting for you or you go in and run at them right and, right right and your both teacher's of like which are horrible what ideas. are you doing right. and so what you'll see is uh those Moments all disappear the second you have something longer to hit them with because that distance means that when they are hanging back, you can hit them. And so they will either get back further, which is fantastic for you, 
or make a really committed attack because they can't halfway step into that distance because then it's easy to hit them. They will have to really drive in. And then that commitment to driving in is where all the, the techniques of Aikido, you know, like, and by that, like, I really hate to use the word, but like, you know, the stuff most people think of as Aikido right. stuff, that's when it can possibly happen. Um, it because, can only happen when the person is committed. That's and right. we've talked, we that's have right. a whole podcast right. about it, but... Yeah, so if you're not committed to it, those techniques aren't ever going to work. Right, and that's how and that the cool kazushi, little, you know, so. Yeah, will make them committed. That's Either right. they'll say, hell nah, or they'll right. be like, you know what, god damn it, I'm coming in regardless, yes. you know? And, and that's a pool noodle. So, <laughs> this was my uh, point, that's a pool noodle. So think about what that would be if it was a sword, yeah. if it was a knife, yeah. if it was a lead pipe. If it was a gun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's a wakazashi, uh, that's a, definitely a decision-making tool, you know, like meaning they need to make the, the decision to get to work, which is run at right. you as fast as they can, or stay the fuck back, which is good for you as well, you know. So um, uh, so that was the first thing that I changed was uh, we stopped doing what I would call rondori, which is like where you're getting ukes who really want to get you with objectives right and our objectives were um uh, come in and get you uh, and smash you against the wall or smash you against the ground um and then when we added the weapon we also added to those objectives um if they uh take your weapon away or you lose it in any way or they stagnate you from using the weapon meaning that like you know they grab you in a way that you can't hit them effectually with the weapon right so you you know maybe you could tap them on the head but it's not anything that would hurt anyone right so then we added those true criteria and it really changed the dynamic of how things were playing out. And then for the first time, I could see what was going on and like what Aikido was actually prescribing, but I was too myopic to see. It was giving you like breathing, seeing room, you know, right. some extra time right. so you could comprehend the, the dynamics that were happening with multiple people right. attacking you and right. working together. And, and, you know, if you look at the system, it beautifully, ex this is beautifully explained by why we have so many wrist grabbing techniques. Because if I have a weapon, a weapon say they can't grab a hold of, right? So like a short sword is a good example. They're not going to grab the blade or put their hand right. up to stop the blade, but they will grab my wrist. And if they, they stop my wrist, then I need to quickly go into action, right? And so that's why we have katate dori, gyakute dori, marote dori. And people are like, oh, wrist grabs are so stupid. It's like, no, I'm using a weapon to stop you, right? And that's because I am in the, the minority, right? I don't have the power here to, to mess around. Right. And I think that and that gets back to something that I, I'm not, I don't know if we've talked about before or not, but, you know, looking at the techniques and being able to, to pair out what they're actually doing. I was just um, going to say. Whether or not it's like, oh, this would be a, a, a technique that I would do as the nage to clear my weapon to right. be able yes. to use it again, yes. versus this is a technique I would do as the uke, um, you know, trying to, uh, to, take the weapon from right, the other person right, or whatever. Right, right. So. Well, and I feel like it lends a lot of credibility, or at least to me, a lot more legitimacy to a lot of the techniques of Aikido when you see it in that light of, you know, so I've got a weapon and someone grabs my wrist to stop me from whacking the crap out of them, then I need to clear that hand. And there is my Kodagaish, you know, clear. There is my Nikyo, you know, there's, it's Nikyo, all, yeah. it's all right there. And it, it seems to me much more, um, common and, and 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 useful and and um uh right there rather than sense. assuming that that you know that that i that those techniques are just wrist twists right, you know right, right. right or uh as place savers i hear a lot of people say this like oh those are the you know the wrist grabs are not actually attacks I, what the wrist grab is is it's it's a simulation for right. one of 30 body positions i saw uh i saw a video what? the other day yeah I've was, never i heard saw that. a video oh, the other day guy said the exact like that kind of thing and i was like 15 years but 
Um, um, and so it's not. It's it's something useful. Someone's trying to hold your wrist, and you want them to stop holding your wrist. Why? Because you want to get to cutting them so you right. can get free, right? So, okay, so adding the weapon did this for us. Um, and then I started to see the systematic approach of Aikido, which is once they've broken Ma'ai, and, and so understand that, that you know, Ma'ai, like what we talk about is Ma'ai, Ma'ai could mean one of a thousand distances, right? So there's there's different Ma'ais, there's different, you know, spacings between people. But, but the one we talk about most commonly, which is that fingertip touching distance, once someone breaks that distance down, they can act very fast to attack you and you don't have much reaction time, right? And so what the weapon affords you is they break the, their ideal ma'ai faster than you break your ideal ma'ai. Right. Which right. So means, you have extra distance, which means extra time. Right, yeah. right. And so then when I could see that, I was like, okay, well, even if I didn't have the weapon, and I'm not saying it's a good idea not to have the weapon, but I can suss out what else the system is saying. And the system's saying that once they break that, you have to suppress their hands. And that just simply means keep their hands from doing anything, right? And that's why we have, you know, like if you look at Aikido Jiwaza, you see this technique that, you know, a lot of people don't call any name, which is they just push the arms to the side right, as they, right, they right. move by, they right? Move and by, so right. this this technique that like doesn't have a name. Touch or, and brush. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And techniques like Hikiotosh, where it's like, you know, I grab the elbows, or something called, called Hikiotosh, but like uh, where you grab the elbows and you turn and, and the person goes over, right? And so that is a suppression is what that is. And that suppression is done because once they're inside of that distance, if you're not suppressing their hands, if they had a weapon, they would get you. If they have no weapon, they're going they're to grab you. Right. Quickly, grabby right. hands, they're, just yep. whatever right. they can grab. You, right. And right. once they grab you, it becomes then, infinitely harder. Right, because that grab is going to be a better grab. It's going to be a body grab. And once they have you body grab, then their friends are going to be on you before you can. Right. It and, happens right. freaking fast. And it's super important to understand that when they grab you, your decision is not then, okay, I'm going to out grapple them. Oh, yeah, I'm going to grab them back. Right, because it, <laughs> right. when you do that, then you lose time again, right? And so the autonomy is what's going to save you in multiple attackers, like being autonomous, being able to move freely right. wherever you want. Finding the open space. That's right. right. And, and that's, we can talk a little bit in a bit about dealing with spatial issues, but... Yeah, but so so like you know that's an important thing to understand is that I'm not going to then grapple you back. I'm going to attempt to clear. And so in Aikido, it's called hodoki, right? Which is like uh, uh, means disentanglements. So so a way to disentangle myself from someone else. Uh, and and that's the idea is that I want to disentangle myself, and that's the next set of things I go to if I get caught. And then that disentanglement goes all the way into a tech naturally, meaning it goes into Shionage naturally, or it goes into Kaitenage naturally, or Kokinage, whatever. Um, naturally. Because me, the Hodoki didn't work, right. and that's where your Kazushi comes in. It's not you doing something, it's their um, need to, need hold, to on. hold on to yeah. the weapon, which makes sense. I want to hold on to the weapon, because if I don't hold on to the weapon, it's you're going to cut, cut me. me. Right. Yeah. So, what am I going to do? Well, I maybe will give some balance up, right? because my balance is less important than holding on right, to the, the weapon. That's I mean, an important thing to understand is that, you know, like in a boxing match, you don't need to hold someone's wrist um, because there's lots of ways you can negate a punch. I can just cover, for example, and I will negate the punch. However, with a knife, I cannot just cover because they will go through that. With a short sword, it's impossible. If I cover, they will go through my arm and then my head. So so it, it's a different mindset you have to be in when you're dealing with weapons. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's plenty of little games you can play with that just to see how people unbalance themselves when they're trying to hold on to a moving target, you right. know? Right. And that's a fun little thing to, to play to see how quickly people will, 
you know, balance themselves weirdly or contort in order to hold on to something. Right. And and to juxtapose that, and so I want to say two things about Kazushi right now. To juxtapose that to, say, uh, Judo Kazushi, the idea in Judo Kazushi is I get a hold of them and I push them to one of the corners or I drive them a direction to begin to unbalance them to set up my throw. In Aikido, it's because they are trying to keep a hold of me. Not because I'm pushing them anywhere, but because they're trying to keep a hold of me. Now, and then beyond because that. Because I'm a moving target. That's right. Beyond that, beyond the, like, you know, I they've grabbed my hand and I'm moving it to the side and so they start to get their balance broken um beyond that they should already be in a state of kazushi because they're moving so fucking right, fast right yep right because that, in order to get you they had to uh overcome a distance that they can't overcome easily that's right and they choose to do that through speed that's right, right. that's right and so the the ma'ai our control of ma'ai is how we make kazushi that's what makes kazushi and aikido not the attempt to push or pull someone right and so you got to understand that's an energetic kazushi and that sounds crazy and hippie but it's not it just means they're moving like hell to overcome something and they fall down just like someone gets juked on a basketball right. court or something right? right so yeah well uh and then the other thing about this is um you know, so I have a weapon. They're grabbing. Um, I go to uh, do a, a, a technique to clear that weapon. Um, if they uh, choose to hold on, a technique may uh, come about and they fall. If it does not, my hand clears. I use the weapon. That's right. And so that's something that we often find too, where it's like um, people get so done up in wanting to do the technique, they forget the 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 real thing that they want which is just let go of me yeah. right and there's is, an attachment to the fall and this is another thing because so you in, have to let go of that you know in aikido techniques when we when we analyze them outside of this paradigm that we're describing right here people go oh well aikido wrist grabbing techniques are stupid because um, there's no reason the guy would hold on to you for that long and so then we make up this reason, which is, oh, I've got some kind of magic power that they can't let right, go right, of me, right? right? right, right, right. It's I've not a magic it. power. It. It's that what's in my hand is a razor blade that's going to slice right. you in two. And if you let go of it, you will die. It's not a magnetic force. It's not some special thing cultivated inside my belly. Nothing like that. It's really simple. I'm going to swing this hand. It's got a razor blade in it. What are you going to do? You're going to try and grab my wrist. What if I pull it to the right? Well, you're going to try and move to the right. And in that is a natural unbalancing, right? And so it's not magic that's happening. It's logical, right. sensible things. And if you don't, you get cut. That's right. right. Which is good for me. To me, two of the biggest like uh, realizations, you know, studying you know, in the last couple of years with you doing Aikido is that like movement is crucial. You are always King. moving. It's the, all, it's, it's, it's everything. My yeah. mind was blown by that. And then the second thing being <laughs> every technique starts with a failed Hidoki. That's and exactly Hidoki right. is king if you cannot, if, if you know, if they're in that grabbing distance. That's if right. they are able to grab you, Hidoki is the next thing. And all techniques are extended Hidoki That's in right. some way. That's right. Yeah, the technique wouldn't exist really without Hadoki. I mean, it could, but like most of the techniques we see and talk about, that's because of Hadoki is why. So let's talk a little bit. <clears throat> I don't know where we are in time, but I think mm. we need to get through this about, about the space, the spatial aspect of it and how to deal with multiple attacks. Because, you know, I think the one of the things when we started out, and I think most people here is stay outside of the group, outside mm -hmm. of the group, outside mm -hmm. of the group, which is good. Totally cool. Um, and it is true. We have some other like configurations based on two people attackers that we use that I think are really awesome. Um, in that it just expands that that, that concept, the concept a little more um, because it, 
you can't always get to the outside of the group and, right. the, and there right. are more things happening um so you know we we you have it broken down into these these sort of um these like I can't remember even what we call them. Now, positions. Like positions, yeah. yeah the, uh, the, that we have. Uh, well, I'm thinking about like... I know what you're you saying, know. but yeah. I mean, it's uh, to me, it's just Neat and Dory Tainohinko. It's it's just an extension of Tainohinko, right? And so like what Josh is talking about is, is basically positioning, right? So, so you know, let's say I didn't get caught uh, and I'm dealing with someone who's broken s- distance. Um, before I try to get back out, I have to position myself accordingly. And the ideal position is called irimi, right? So to be in the back position, and then I can escape the distance without them being able to attack me, right? Hit me, grab me, anything else if I make irimi. And so all the Taino Hinko we have are basically built once they've broken distance and I have suppression, meaning they can't grab me or I've, I've cleared with Hadoki, then I'm going to work a, a, a position um, that makes it hard for them to get me. Now, when you have multiple attackers, that positioning includes the other person as well. So you have to understand that you're not positioning with just one person. There's not just Tainohinko with one person anymore. It's Tainohinko with two people, right? And, and uh, you need to work two a lot because three, four, these become very hard very fast. Right. But the rules are basically always the same, which is you want the attackers to be in a straight line relative to you. And you want that straight line, you know, to, you know, that they're lined up right in front of each other. Now, the reason you want this is is really simple because you have the most options when they line up like that and they are inherently limiting each other. And then, you know, the next worst position down from that is those two are staggered and you're off to the side of them. And then another worse, the one worse than that is those two are, are uh, on a line coming at you. And that makes it much more difficult. A because, line that's perpendicular to right, your line. Right, perpendicular to my you. line, right. Yeah. And so, and so that, that perpendicular, that is, you know, if you think about it as one person, that would be Mu Hanmi. It would be without a Hanmi because those two people are square to you. And so it's really hard to deal with those two people. Think about it like you. a wall moving right. towards you. That's exactly you. right. A yeah. wall coming in on you. And so once that happens, you're always trying to restagger that line, which is just create Hanmi. That's right. it, right? And so Hanmi means to be in a half bodied position. And so, you know, uh, that would be like a triangle or a 45 position. Uh, normally. But um, with two people, that's all you're trying to do is get back to that staggered position. Now, one worse than that is there's one on each side of you and you're in the middle of them, right? And so that's just someone on top of you, essentially. And I think so often we see, and and in Aikido Jiawaza, um, blending to that, uh, what we call the, the, what do we call it again? See, my mind is not even working. The trap? The trap position. So we call that in the middle. So often, I see so many Aikido, like, Jiawaza, like, blending back into, like, so you make a really nice blend with the first attacker, um, but the you're blending back into a trapped position with the second, and it happens so often. And I think only by realizing, like, um, by talking about the various positions do you realize, like, oh, yeah, that was a great blend with the first person not a good blend now that I have a right. second. Blend. And the reason that they're able to do that is because oftentimes those demonstrations are sequential. That's and right. so that, right. that second attacker, you know, hangs back right. ever so slightly to let that so, person make it like work, right. make that trap work. That's and right. so, and, and it feels the other problem is if it, it does feel awesome, you know, it feels there's a <laughs> right. lot of times where you feel like you can move through that trap mm-hmm. and you can make it work. And, and I've done it sometimes. So like, yeah, I, I suppose you can make it work, but it's not ideal. And I think because it feels so awesome to do it um, and you feel like you've done some kind of weird, crazy magic stuff, uh, people 
often think that's a good, that's the place to go. Yep. Like, ooh. And it's like, no, you have to get that out. Like that to it's me. It's a bad habit. That to me is a, a fail, you right. know? Yes. Like I'll do it sometimes, but only if it's the last resort. You or, have to knowingly choose that. Or, you know, when I do it, I go, ah, that was a mistake, right. you know? Right, um, And I think you can only do that if you understand what the various positions are. And I think a lot of, you know, I don't, I'm not sure other schools talk about it in the way that we do yeah. in terms of... It's like anything. You know, I mean, the better you get at something, the more you can break the rules. But the rules are the standards you need to hold to, to to learn how to do it. And then after that, then you can do all kinds of rule breaking, you know. But but there's these rules exist for reasons because they make you able to do this stuff. Um, but basically, you know, like through looking at multiple attackers, you can understand how Aikido is systematically built. And it's built to A, be aware of something way before it happens. B, keep distance between you. C, um, suppress and get to the good position if that doesn't happen. If they catch you, to disentangle. Uh, and then when you want to get away from that, to make good position first, right? So this is just the way the system works overall. And multiple attackers are a way that will force you to understand what the system is. Because if you get attackers who are being honest and not attacking sequentially, it doesn't matter if you're bigger or stronger or more skilled. They will start getting getting you all the time and you will feel like I felt that's like oh apparently I'm not very good at martial arts because I can't take out 230 pound guys that I know a lot more than right. you know right. so so what are I don't know thinking about how what we talked about through this thing like the first thing in trying to start to crack this multiple attackers thing is one becoming detached from the idea that you're going to do something magical, something technical, something, you know. I wouldn't even say that. I would say, fuck it. You think you're going to do something magical? Awesome. But right. then get two attackers <laughs> right, and to right, genuinely right, right, attack you like yeah, this. I mean, you that's go. what yeah. you need to have. Uh-huh. So you, need so you can have whatever so idea can, right, in the right, right, world right. you want. So, you know, if you're going to blast a chi ball, if you've got Ikey magic powers, if you've got whatever thing you've got, sweet. I'm not going to tell you you don't have it. Go for it. But get two attackers and make sure they attack you non-sequentially. And if you really want to see if you're honest or not, Watch your students do it with other people in the class and make them attack like you think they should, which means like, you know, like watch them and go like every time they don't, they're attacking sequentially, you yell at them and make them attack non-sequentially. And then after they've got real warmed up and used to how to attack, then you decide to do one and see how you pull it off, right? Because I guarantee you're going to be shocked. And then when you're shocked, you're going to go, A, I don't know anything about Aikido. I'm terrible. B, I need magic powers, which uh, I would say that's not the route to go down. But you can go down whatever route you want. Um, but then you're going to learn something's got to change, whatever yeah. it is, right? And yes. I think it's really uh, one of the simple things is uh, move yes, sooner than later and don't stop. Uh, and then B, just keep, remember my eye. And I think if you can do those things, and it's hard, it's not easy, especially when you have people trying to – fuck with your ma'ai and doing weird attacks and, you know, non-committed attacks and all sorts of things. If you get, you know, if you have one person really committed attack and one person kind of not really committing, okay, you can usually make that work uh, because there's one person that you can deal with. But if you have two people that are just kind of like, whatever, not really committing and just kind of hanging out, it becomes very difficult to you have to work extra hard to make them come to you um but they're still after you at the end of the day if they want to be you know what i mean yes but they can they can trick you and this happens to me all the time because you think that something has to happen so at a certain point you're either going to let them in or something 
So it becomes you have to work extra hard to just keep away from them. Just if you want to not commit to the attack, cool. I'll be over here later. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. But that's a really hard thing to do. Like to. For you to be able to commit. You'll feel because. disappointed when you're not doing um, 15 Idiminages right, right. uh, every time you do Geowatsa. Because right now you get away with a lot of shit because people aren't attacking you honestly. And so then once they start attacking you honestly, you won't get to do techniques. And you'll be really excited if you get one Aikido technique. You'll be like, man, that was close. And hey, did you see Shionage actually paid off? But not because you were trying it. Because you were trying to stay free of those two people. And that's what happened in the, in the moment. Yeah. All right, what's our time look like now? We uh, are 51 minutes. Woo, okay. We had a lot to say. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I honestly, we could talk about this for a we lot longer. We probably could, yeah. I, mean, the, I, I think, honestly, if you are truthful about exploring multiple attackers, it will solve Aikido for you. Yeah, like, yeah. It, I mean, it's what put me on 100% the right path. I mean, I had lots of little things like fighting with weapons, all kinds of little things along the way that helped. But when I got down to brass tacks about solving the multiple attacker problems, that's when I figured it right. out. And like, you know, uh, I don't know. I've had people ask me like, oh, what do you do? How does your system work? If, if you don't want to find out from me, just start doing multiple attackers and you'll come up with all the same answers right. because they are the answers of Aikido. That's right. it. No, I think it's 100%. Um yeah, if you look at it through the – and like you said, there's a bunch of different lenses you can look at, and I think they all add a little something. You put a weapon in the hand, that adds something. Um, you really start doing multiple attackers, you'll see a whole new level, a whole new dimension of, of things. But um, it's going to be uncomfortable at first. Oh, yeah, oh it's going to be suck. very uncomfortable. For a while. Yeah. 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 But I think the, the you know, you'll it's get easy. pushed around a lot. Right. And, and it, it'll be easy to jump to the, like, well, I guess it just doesn't work. Well, fuck this, you know? And you've got to give it longer than that. And I would also, well... A lot longer. Yeah. Uh, 15 years, so it'd be... Uh... I, w I would also say, you know, fight the urge. Fight the urge when you are getting overwhelmed by more than one attacker, if you're bigger than them or whatever. Fight the urge to just... And push them away and, you know, fight that urge. Let them, let them sort of... Let them get you. Let them push you around and see what that feels like so that you can really understand what's happening and, and you know, where the – because even as that's happening, there are holes. There are exit strategies, you know. But if you're just the minute you get – and we we're all want to do this thing – but, you know, when you get overwhelmed, you want to immediately start pushing back. Look, if you're a big, strong dude, I think you should you should try your best to shove them away. But what you're going to find out is that you keep losing. That's what you're going to find out. Like so, If so, your attackers are actually attacking non-sequentially. Right, right. Yeah. So what, what Josh is saying is good advice once you've learned that uh, whatever you're doing isn't working. Because your your strength and, and athleticism only counts for so far, right? You know, and so if you get two guys who are approximating your size and physicality, you you're can not do anything like this you just cannot i was do just it. saving people some trouble yeah no i don't i think you should go right into the trouble you know what i mean like like i mean i don't know i had a, a, just because, a head yeah, of concrete I mean, you know and so it was just like i had to have it i mean i, to I me. think that's that is i do believe there is something to be said for like coming up against something that you you can't defeat and and realizing like having to learn like oh yeah this is the way that it is yeah you know all right. So, uh, first of all, thank you to all of our patrons. Yes, thank you guys um, very much for uh, you know everything that you do, and thank you to everyone who commented on any of our episodes, including the last episode we did. Uh, we appreciate that. Thank you to anyone who has given us ideas for episodes. Uh, there are a few out there uh, right now, which we'll yeah, probably, we have several in our queue right now. Uh, so, be tackling in the future. 
Anything else? No. Yeah, just thank Read you so much. Read the names then. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> she was thank, ready with it. Yeah, I was. I'm yeah. ready. I'm just sitting here waiting for him to stop talking. <laughs> just kidding. Thank you so much uh, to our, all of our patrons. Thank you, Rob Kitson, John Smith, Christian Sager, Francis Cordon, Scott Byrne, Sension Center, Barrett Lippy, Yuli Simgu, Matt Mumford, Lenny Acuna, Ben Bear Wrestler Aldrich, Randy Stewart, Sam Sullivan, Michael Heed, Marchin Chiss, Hillary Jones, Franz Martinson, Brian Crowley, Jim Sullivan, Christopher Aceto, Thomas Polina, Flor Hanawick, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Jim Gallant, Genghis Galahad, Matt Riley, Tommy Siv, Dave Dewberry, Okan, Ayrton, Constantinus, Andrew, and Grant Templin. Thank I took you guys. three that breaths awesome. that I counted. Thank you, very much. <laughs> Thank you guys. Fantastic. We really I think it's interesting you. that uh, Bear Wrestler is the only one who realized you could put a little parentheses there. Boy, you just made my life <laughs> a lot worse, you know. No, now I mean, everyone's I'm all gonna, about it. Everyone's going to change their name to include. Well, I mean, he was one of the more recent ones, and he, yeah, yeah, he took yeah. our advice. And, know. you know, anytime someone takes our advice, we just, you know, we love it. Love it. it. <laughs> Anyways, guys, all right. Tip way. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know Mai's been crafting this for the last I have. week. So, uh, I have. All right. Here we go. Here we go. We didn't even know what the topic was. She was working on it. I was already a, thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I feel like, like to be honest, that this like this time really, I mean, this whole episode <laughs> has been tips. I'm not kidding. I mean, if you haven't, if it's not something that's a part of your practice, set up a, a multiple attacker Giwaza or whatever you know and it doesn't have to be a crazy rondori no, where you get punched into the wall it's you know set up the the boundaries of what you're doing you know we're gonna go this hard it's gonna be all pushes or it's gonna be you know whatever, whatever it is but pay keep in mind moving just move and you know start to learn where your uh where your weird spots are what your you know assumptions that you're making yeah. are you know all that stuff that we talked about today Keep in mind what those things are and keep trying. Yeah. I think paying attention to those moments where you uh, stop, where the where you begin struggling or whatever, I think is a really good a good thing. Take like, mental note. Really take mental note of like, ooh, I am struggling here. Ooh, I right. am struggling here. I went from moving to fighting. Right. And then and and I think I would think you'll begin to see some things out of that. Um so yeah, pay attention to that. I think that's a really good, really good tip. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. We will talk at you next week. <laughs> talk at you yeah, next week. Uh, yeah.